A reading from the book of Hebrews. So then with endurance, let's also run the race that is laid out in front of us, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us. Let's throw off any extra baggage, get rid of the sin that trips us up, and fix our eyes on Jesus, faith's pioneer and perfecter. He endured the cross, ignoring the shame, for the sake of the joy that was laid out in front of him, and sat down at the right side of God's throne. The word of the Lord. Thank you, Shirley. All right. Um, we're going to take a moment and get ready. That's part of doing godly play. So you have to be ready. So the first part of getting ready is uh, if there are any kids who would like to move up closer, either because they have a saint to carry forward and they don't want to walk as far, or because they want to see better, because um, we will have the pieces up on the communion table, kids are welcome to come up. Grownups are welcome to come up too if, if you don't think you'll be able to see very well. We are going to have, um, oh, I'm pointing there, we're going to have some visuals up on the screen to help um, to help you get a better a better view too. Um, but yeah, take a moment, do that if you need to or want to. And also, I'd like for everyone to just um, take a deep breath. Godly play is pretty slow. It takes a little while to get used to it. Um, we're used to having things very fast and for things to be very entertaining. Um, but uh, godly play is is kind of slow, and it's it's um, it's that way on purpose. It's a little meditative. Um, so yeah, just take a minute and settle your mind and your heart. I'm gonna pray for us real quick. Thank you, God for being here today. Thank you for bringing us here today. Thank you for this communion of saints, um, for all the people who have gone before us, who have loved you and loved others, um, who lived lives that tell the story of your great love for us. Um, thank you that they are here somehow in some mysterious way. Um, thank you, Lord, for for all of it. And I pray that you will bless our time together. Amen. All right. Okay. Um, I will say one more caveat before I start. Um, this is close to a godly play lesson, but I told um, the kids in, in my circle last week that when I do godly play lessons for grownups, I have to add more words because they need more words to understand. <laughs> So, <laughs> all right. We need many things for our lesson today. First, we need this. And we also need this. Any kids want to tell me what this is? You can just shout it out. Oh, 
Well, we have that. What else do we need? This. And the last thing we need is all of you guys. And you're here, so we're good. We can begin. We have everything we need. I invite everyone to look around, like really do it, look around. <laughs> when we are gathered together in the godly playroom, or also when we meet like this in the sanctuary, we are part of a circle of friends. It's okay. Did you know that there are more people in this circle than you can see? There are others joining us too. They come to join us from the whole story of Christian people. And we've heard about some of them together in our circle. We've heard about, here, I'm going to have to move. We've heard about Moses and Miriam recently. Let's see. Oh, there's Miriam. She's dancing. Well, whoops, come on, Moses. We heard about Joseph and his colorful coat. We've heard about, who else have we heard about? Noah, of course, and his ark. And we've heard about all the people of God. both grown-ups and kids. So all of these people from the Old Testament and the New Testament, all of uh, the Mother Mary, the Father Joseph, all of Jesus' friends and followers while he was on earth, and those who have followed Jesus since then, if you look around, you can even see the names of some of these friends on the windows in this room. They are people who have been part of the church and who have loved God and loved people. And many of these people, the church broadly remembers as saints. And saints are just people who are, I mean, we talk about them in Godly Play as special friends who loved God and loved people very, very well. And many saints are remembered by the church on a special day in the calendar. And you can see, we're not sure exactly, there we go. We're not sure exactly where the months are in this calendar, but, um, but we can, we're, we're going to estimate. We are here in the Great Green Growing Time, the Sundays after Pentecost, and we're coming up on Advent. Those are the purple ones. 
and then the white ones are Christmas and Epiphany, and then more green growing time, and then Lent is purple, and then uh, Easter, and that goes all the way around. All right. Today, we are going to remember just 12 of these special friends, these saints. We don't know exactly where the months are in this circle, but there's a remarkable person for each month. And uh, many of the kids who are helping me this morning with this story are going to share about the saint that shares their birth month. And we talked a little bit in our circle about how this can be your special saint friend. Um, all right. And here is the first one. Can Stone bring me the first one? Did you want to say the sentence? St. Thomas. Thomas thought for God. Thank you. Oh, I'll take him. Can I have him? Thanks. Good job. St. Thomas. He was the youngest of nine children. He was sent to live in a monastery at age nine. Um, he was brilliant. He started college at age 12, uh, and he studied theology. And he's someone who was so smart and wanted to use his mind to love God and to understand God better. And he's best, best known for taking um, Aristotle, the ideas of Aristotle, and the ideas in Scripture, and trying to make a way to understand how these great ideas would fit together. Um, and he did lots of writing and lots of thinking. And then one day when he was older, he was presiding over communion. And he went into a trance and he stayed there for three days. And in that time, he came so close to God. And God came so close to him that he realized the answers to his questions were beyond words. And he stopped writing altogether and spent the rest of his life trying to be as close to God as he could. All right, I think Sammy has the next one. I'll take him. Tell us. This is St. Valentine, who loved for God. Valentine lived during the time of the uh, Roman Empire when uh, it was illegal to be a Christian. So he was a doctor, but he was also a secret priest. In the, of the church. Um, he would go on walks and gather medicinal herbs um, and make medicines to help heal people. And he would heal them uh, or treat their, you know, treat them medically whether or not they had the money to pay. Um, one day, a jailer brought his daughter who was blind to Valentine to see if he could do anything for her. Um, he was not able to heal her blindness, but he was able to ease some of her discomfort. And they, they actually became friends, and the little girl would go on walks with Valentine when he would gather his, his herbs to make medicines. Um, eventually, the Roman Empire found him out, and they arrested him and put him in jail. The jailer was distraught to see this good man behind bars. 
Um, he ended up being killed for his faith. But before his execution, he gave the jailer a letter to give to his daughter. Um, and it was signed, From Your Valentine. Um, and as some of the stories, the stories go, when the daughter opened that letter, she could see it. All right, I think Ford has the next one. Do you want to say the sentence? Okay. St. Patrick traveled for God. Thank you. Oh, can I have St. Patrick? He's going to travel to my hand. Thank you so much, Ford. That was great. Patrick, everyone knows St. Patrick's Day. Patrick is beloved um, for very good reason. He was born in England. He was kidnapped as a child and taken off to Ireland where he was a slave. Um, he was a little shepherd boy out in the fields. Uh, he eventually escaped and hopped a boat back to England, was reunited with his family, went to school, became a priest. And in a dream, he saw the people of Ireland calling him back. And so he went back. He traveled back to Ireland and lived there among the people who had kidnapped him as a child. And he taught them about the love of God. He started out as a little shepherd boy in the fields of Ireland and ended up being the shepherd of the early church of Ireland. Um, he was known for being very kind and very loving and he is still much beloved. There we go. All right, I think Owen has the next one. I'll take him. You want to swap? This is Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who taught and lives God's costly grace. Thanks, Owen. Bonhoeffer. We love Bonhoeffer. Um, at least around here we do. <laughs> he gets quoted a lot. Um, a great student, born in Germany, wanted to be a pastor from a young age, uh, studied in his home in Ger Germany and in America. Um, as a young pastor, when Hitler rose to power, he was deeply upset by the way that churches were supporting this terrible government and these terrible policies. Um, and he believed that Christians of all people should be the ones protecting the vulnerable and fighting against injustice in any way they could, no matter how dangerous it was. He led resistance efforts both in and out of the church and was eventually killed. He wrote many books that are still read today. And one of my favorite quotes that I just discovered this week from Bonhoeffer is, the church is not a religious community of worshipers of Christ, but is Christ himself who has taken form among people. All right, Sam has my next one. She's one of my favorites. I, I say that about all of them. I know I do, but I really like this one. Can you bring me Julian? Thank you, Sam. Did you want to say anything? Okay, that's okay. I'll say it. 
This is Julian of Norwich, who was quiet and wise for God. Julian. Um, she was an anchoress, which I didn't know what that was until I started studying saints. Um, is in Norwich, England, in, in medieval times, she, uh, she lived in this little tiny cell room that was built onto the outside of a church. She lived by herself. Um, when she became an anchoress, they had this ceremony where they sealed the door um, and she was to live the rest of her life in this little, little room by herself. Um, and the idea was that she was to be quiet and come close to God and, and pray and spend her entire life in, in solitude and quiet, um, writing and praying. Uh, well, she kept cats for company and she's got a little cat on her thing which um, is why we like her in, in our house. Um, she's the cat lady. Um, and she had a little window where people would come and seek her advice uh, or just ask her questions because she was very wise. Um, she wrote about what she learned in her times with the Lord and how, and it was all about how much God loves us and how everything that God does is done in love. Um, and my favorite quote from her is, the, there's a lot of them, but the greatest honor we can give Almighty God is to live gladly because of the knowledge of his love. All right, and my next one is Anne Atwater. Thank you. Are you going to say it? Anne Atwater was a brave friend for God. Thank you, Emmett. And thank you, Simeon. Anne Atwater is a Durham saint, and she was a brave friend for God. Um, she loved God a lot, and she knew that God wanted her to help other people. She's shown with a telephone because the telephone is one of her primary weapons against injustice. She's a community organizer in Durham and an activist, and she would do whatever it took, knocking on doors, making phone calls, to get people what they needed. Um, she was not afraid to speak boldly to those in power to help others. When she was asked to lead the task force to help peacefully integrate Durham Public Schools with C.P. Ellis, was, who was a known Klansman, um, she, she was unsure, <laughs> obviously, but she was brave enough to get to know him. And they became friends. And uh, they realized through their friendship that they both just wanted what was best for their children. And they began to work together and, uh, and coordinated the peaceful integration of Durham Public Schools. So she was a brave friend for God. All right. I think Chan and Mora have my next one. Mm -hmm. Yay! Thank you. Do you yeah, you can have the paper. You got it? Yeah. Pauline Marie argued fairness for God. Thank you, Chan. Thank you, Mara. Polly Murray, she argued for fairness for God. And I hesitated to say argue in a lesson on what you do for God, but I think it fits with Polly. Um, she had quite a temper and, and used it for good. 
She's another local saint. You could walk to her childhood home from here. Um, graduated from Hillside High School. She's a social justice activist and organizer. She's a brilliant lawyer and legal scholar whose ideas provided the foundation for the legal opposition to discrimination against African-Americans and against women. Um, prolific writer, she was a poet and a memoirist. And during her final years, she became a priest. She was the first African-American woman to be ordained by the Episcopal Church in 1977. Um, and I, I love that picture of Polly Murray because, uh, so when I painted this one, I wanted to make it look just like that picture. And there's nothing in her hands. A lot of the Saint dolls uh, have things that they're holding that are symbols of their ministry. But when she became, I mean, she did so much good and she's so brilliant. But when she became a priest, she really just devoted herself wholeheartedly and fully to the ministry and, um, and never really looked back. So... I decided to have her hands empty. Um, I have lots of favorite Polly Murray quotes, but two of them are, hope is a song in a weary throat. And the other one, which I think reflects nicely most of her life, one person plus one typewriter constitutes a movement. <laughs> All right, I think James has my next one. If you're tracking our months, we're to August now. Thank you. Thank you, sweetie. This is St. Augustine. Uh, he was restless until he found his rest in God, which is also one of my favorite quotes of his. Um, he famously wrote about how when he was a child, he stole pears from a tree and uh, didn't understand why he did it. He wasn't hungry, he wasn't gonna sell them, he just did it. And he spent the rest of his life wondering about why people do things that they know that they shouldn't do. Um, he's another really smart guy. Uh, he, I think he thought he was too smart for God for a while, but he had a fervently praying mama um, who helped bring him to the faith. Uh, and he became a priest, a bishop, a writer. We still read Augustine today. Um, and, uh, oh, one thing about his childhood uh, is, uh, as you can guess from the pear story, he got in trouble in school a lot. Um, loved to learn, but didn't, wasn't really big on school. Um, but yeah, he's someone, he's someone else who, who uh, was good at loving God with his whole mind. And my quote from him is, Thou hast made us for thyself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it finds rest in thee. All right, my next one, I think Ada has it. <gasps> Thank you, Ada! And Titus was going to tell us about it, right? Yeah, come on up, Titus. Good job, Ada. You can go back to your mom, yeah. <laughs> you want to tell us who this is? Here is Mother Ter Teresa of Calcutta, who cared for the sick and poor. Thank you. She sure did. Mother Teresa, she cared for the sick and poor for God. Um, born as Agnes in Albania, her dad died when she was eight. Um, as a teenager, she loved God and just really wanted to become a nun. She moved to Ireland, took the name Teresa. Um, and uh, joined a convent. They sent her to 
Calcutta to teach uh, in a school for wealthy girls. Um, and one day, she was walking down the street, and she saw a woman who was very, very sick, who was laying in the street with no one to care for her. And Teresa, who was not a very big person, leaned down and scooped this woman up and carried her to the nearest hospital. And when they got there, they wouldn't let her in because she couldn't pay. Um, and so Teresa decided that the only thing she could do was to start caring for people in this way, this very practical works of mercy kind of way, care for the sick, care for the poor. She stopped teaching. She started, uh, she stopped wearing the black robes of uh, the convent and uh, founded the um, Missionaries of Charity. They wore the sari, which is what the women of India wore. And she devoted her entire life to hands-on caring for the sick and the poor of Calcutta. Um, and of course, my favorite quote from her is that we cannot all do great things, but we can all do little things with great love. All right, I think Elle has my next one. Oh, thank you, Stone. This is Teresa of Avila, who was strict but laughed for God. Uh, she was one of 10 children. <laughs> Can't imagine that childhood. Uh, she lived in Spain. At age of 22, she decided to devote her life to the Lord as a nun. She struggled with her health her whole life. She was sick all the time and was really frustrated about that. Um, still managed to do a whole lot. But at the age of 40... She came really close to God, and God came really close to her, and she changed. She became really happy and started to joke and laugh and, and visit with people like she hadn't before. Um, there's, in her writings and, and in things that are written about her, you get a peek into her relationship with God, which is very much a friendship. Um, and she would joke around with God quite a bit. There's a story that um, she was traveling and she fell off of her donkey into a creek and got soaked. Um, and she said, God, why do you treat your friends like this? No wonder you have so few friends. <laughs> All right, now Pax has my next one. Dorothy Day was a, rev a, lev a revolutionary of mercy for God. Thank you. Dorothy Day. She's got a loaf of bread in one hand and a pencil in another. Um, she was really good at loving people. She actually loved people and was devoted to people before she, she knew that she loved God. Um, she was a journalist and an organizer. And when she, when she fell in love with God, she became a devout Catholic, and she was so upset, kind of like Bonhoeffer. She was so upset that people who were part of the church were not at the forefront of the civil rights movement and social justice reforms. Um, she founded the Catholic Worker Movement, wrote a newspaper of the same name. But her primary weapons in the fight for justice, other than her words, which were very powerful, um, were the traditional works of mercy, feeding the hungry, housing the homeless, visiting the sick, and those in prison. Uh, 
And she said, the gospel takes away our right forever to discriminate between the deserving and the undeserving poor. All right, we've almost made our way all the way around. We have one more. Noah, you got it? All right. Okay. Here. Here is St. Nicholas, who gave gifts for God. Thank you, St. Nicholas. This one is always the one the kids are the most interested in. <laughs> he was a priest and a bishop who loved God and people very much. He especially loved children. Uh, he was also a theologian. Uh, people forget that. But uh, he's most remembered for his generosity and his humility. He would give gifts to the poor, but he would do it at night and in secret so no one would know that it was him, even tossing things through the window. And people still exchange secret gifts around his feast day. So these are our 12 saints, one for each month. There are many, many more. But, um, but these are, are good to remind us, to remind us of the great cloud of witnesses that we heard about this morning, um, to remind us that there are lots of different ways to follow God, and that uh, you can follow God with all of, your, all of your doubts and all of your criticisms of the church, with all of your love and devotion with your introversion or your extroversion or your education or lack thereof, whatever you have, you can use that to follow God. Now, this is the point in the lesson where I ask some wondering questions and anyone is welcome to participate. So I wonder which saint you like best and you can just shout it out. Saint Santa Claus. <laughs> All right. Saint Nick. Saint Teresa. Now, which which Teresa of Calcutta? Mother Teresa, yeah. <laughs> All right. Any others? Thomas. Thomas Aquinas. Gotta love Thomas. <laughs> All right. I wonder which saint is the most, the cat lady. Yes. Julian. Okay. Um, which saint is the most important? Mm. <laughs> I'm, I'm also hearing uh, that they are all the most important and I'm hearing the cat lady and St. Santa Claus. All right. Do you know of another saint that we could add to our circle? Yeah. Martin Luther King. That's a good one. We had a lesson on him, too. He's definitely a saint. Yeah. Okay. When I imagine this circle, I imagine my grandmothers and my grandfathers in this circle. because they loved God and loved people really well. And I wonder 
How God Makes Saints Here and Now. That might be one to wonder on for a while. That's all right. You can wonder while you trick or treat. <laughs> well, thank you for participating with me, for being part of this godly play lesson. Um, let's pray and then we can have our, um, our time of, why can't I think, our time of prayer. <laughs> pray and then have our time of prayer. <laughs> All right. God, thank you so much for these saints. Thank you that you make all of us saints and that um, and that you allow us to serve you in our unique ways. Um, that we don't have to wait until we're grown up or we're super holy or anything like that. You can just use us where we are. Um, thank you for people who serve as an example to us. Um, and thank you for all those who um, maybe aren't that famous, but uh, whose lives have meant a lot to us um, that we remember today as well. In your name I pray. Amen.